Blog Talk Radio. Join us for the Wellness Journey Live with Linus Woods Mullins. Our program will show you the fun and simplicity of wellness for women over 40 and all the people who love them. You can achieve total wellness through holistic practices, nutrition, fitness, and spiritual renewal. Join us weekly as we talk to the experts in the field of total wellness for your mind, body, and spirit. Here's Lennon. This is Lennis of PraiseWorks Health and Wellness and also the Editor-in-Chief of Wellness Woman 40 and Beyond magazine. I am so glad to be with you today because today's topic I think is really important. We hear so much about multiple sclerosis, autoimmune deficiency uh, diseases, and other chronic diseases that seem to be tied to, uh, in many cases, what it is that we're eating in our external environment. Today we have with us an interview I did about a month ago with the esteemed Dr. Terry Walls. Uh, she is an expert, a clinical expert and doctor uh, in the field of uh, research when it comes to uh, immune uh, disorders, and she has become an expert when it comes to multiple sclerosis. In particular, she's become that expert because she was struck down with this disease back in 2000. And the story that she has to share with us is truly remarkable in terms of what she discovered about the disease, what she discovered about herself, and how she figured out that our diets are so important when it comes to fighting any kind of chronic disease. So without further ado, I give you Dr. Terry Walls from, uh, she's a clinical professor of medicine from the Iowa Carver College of Medicine and author of The the Walls Protocol. I am so honored and excited to have with us Dr. Terry Walls, who has become an expert uh, when it comes to uh, autoimmune diseases, but in particular, uh, multiple sclerosis. And um, I, rather than, you know, as is tradition with the wellness journey, I always like to have our guests introduce themselves and kind of tell us how they came to do uh, what it is that they do and why they have such a passion for what it is they do. So, Dr. Terry Walls, thank you so much for being with us today on the Wellness Journey Live. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, I'm uh, privileged and honored to be here. Thank you so much. Um, I first wanted you to share with our audience a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you came to be so passionate about, uh, you know, uh, the paleo diet and what your personal experience has been uh, with the disease of multiple sclerosis. So I'm a uh, clinical professor of medicine here at the University of Iowa. And uh, in 2000, I was diagnosed with relapsing remitting MS. That was on the basis of a history of visual dimming 13 years earlier, uh, new weakness involving my left leg, and lesions in my spinal cord. Uh, I had a spinal tap, which also showed abnormal spinal fluid. That uh, led to a diagnosis of relapsing remitting MS. I knew that within 10 years of diagnosis, one-third of newly diagnosed people will have difficulty walking, needing a cane, walker, or wheelchair, and one-half will have difficulty working and will essentially be disabled because of severe fatigue. Uh, And so I I decided to treat my disease as aggressively as I could. I sought out uh, the best uh, clinical and research center in the Midwest, 
which was the Cleveland Clinic, uh, saw their best people, took the newest drugs, and still within three years, just three years of diagnosis, um, my disease had transitioned to secondary progressive MS. And I uh, needed a tilt recline wheelchair because I uh, had severe fatigue and had difficulty sitting up. Um, and that's when I decided that uh, the latest, newest drugs uh, were not likely to slow the decline into a bedridden and uh, demented life. Uh, therefore, I would likely uh, go on uh, to becoming bedridden and demented if I just relied on uh, drugs alone. Uh, and so I, you know, I began reading the basic science myself, the animal uh, models, uh, for MS, Parkinson's, Lou Gehrig's, Huntington's disease, Alzheimer's. And I would begin experimenting with various vitamins and supplements uh, based on those studies. Now, that slowed the speed of my decline. I was very grateful, but I was still declining. Mm. Um, I, I'll back up for a moment. Uh, before I hit the wheelchair in 2002, my neurologist at the Cleveland Clinic had told me about Lauren Cordain and the paleo diet. Uh, so I, I read the papers and the books and decided that the science made sense. So after 20 years of being a vegetarian, I went back to eating meat. Um, and now, I, I, let, me, let me ask you a question real yeah. uh, quickly, just so that our um, audience will understand. Um, just so you know, you know, the audience, people who normally listen to the wellness journey are women over 40. Although, and, and I like to say women over 40 and all the people that love them. So we have a wide cross-section. And I just don't want to take for granted that they know what the paleo diet is. Could you just explain briefly uh, sure. what the paleo diet is? Well, uh, the paleo diet is trying to emulate a diet that would have happened before the dawn of agriculture. So often uh, that diet uh, does not have any grain in it, uh, no legumes, uh, and often no milk. Um, uh, and how you structure it after you take those restrictions can be uh, really quite variable. So at that time, I, I uh, you know, I was ill, and so I wanted to be as aggressive as I could, so I completely took out uh, all grain, all dairy, uh, all legumes, and this was a huge change uh, in my diet. Um, so I was eating uh, uh, meat, uh, vegetables, tubers, uh and no particular pattern beyond that. Uh, but I was still declining. The next year I needed the the wheelchair. I was told I had secondary progressive MS. And that's when I started reading the science uh, and experimenting on myself. Uh, I would, um, by the summer of 2007, uh, I was losing my keys, my phone. I was having mm. some uh, uh, big issues with brain fog. And I knew that uh, likely I'd have to stop working uh, in the coming year. And that's when I discovered the Institute for Functional Medicine. I took their course on neuroprotection. And now I had a deep, much deeper understanding of uh, what I could do to protect my brain and a longer list of vitamins and supplements. And, um, you know, I was still maybe slowly declining or holding my own. It's hard to tell. There wasn't a, a dramatic change. Uh, at the end of the year, in December, I, I decided that I should uh, take this long list. I had about 20 nutrients I was uh, taking in pill form. 
and I should figure out where they were in the food supply. And so I reorganized my diet uh, to get these things um, from uh, the food I was eating. Uh, and I have to admit, I took some research uh, to uh, figure that out. But by the end of December, I was reorganizing my diet into what I now uh, describe and teach as the Walls diet. And within 30 days, I could tell that my brain fog was lifting, my energy was improving, and I was beginning to actually uh, walk with a cane. Uh, And within six months, I'm walking without a cane uh, throughout the hospital. Uh, I get on my bike for the first time in probably six years and pedal around the block. Uh, And that's the first time it occurs to me that these improvements, which are really quite dramatic, are Mm. substantial and likely no one knows what my future is going to be like, that no one would understand what my recovery potential might be. Uh, And at 12 months, I am able to uh, do a, in essence, a 20-mile bike ride with my family. Hmm. This, of course, is something that I had uh, completely let go of and, and realized would never happen again. Uh, and so this changes how I understand disease and health. It changes uh, the way I practice medicine, and it changes the type of research that I do. Uh, I now focus um, uh, my research on using diet and lifestyle uh, as a treatment for chronic disease. And and the disease that we study most often is multiple sclerosis. Um, So, you know, and I'll also tell you that I'm really quite grateful for my illness because had I not become that desperately ill, that severely disabled for that many years, I had seven years of steady decline, I would not have been motivated to go back and relearn all that biochemistry and cell biology and neuroimmunology to try and figure out uh, how to stop my decline. Uh, this is just, it's just amazing. It's fascinating to me. So many questions I want to ask you because when you talk about brain fog, that is something that a lot of women over 40, over 50 definitely know about, and they haven't been necessarily diagnosed with MS. It's something that happens as an offshoot of menopause. Yes. Mm-hmm. What were some of the nutrients you found out about that could be helpful with brain well, cells? Well, um, so our brain cells, our retina, and our heart cells are very dependent on the tiny organelle called mitochondria. And the mitochondria are ancient bacteria that help our cells manage the energy supply much more efficiently. And by becoming more efficient, the cell can then do the functions assigned to that cell. So in your brain, it's thinking. In the retina, it's seeing the world. And in your heart, it's being the pump. And as our um, as we age, uh, the mitochondria is a little bit less efficient just because of aging. And that's in part because we can't make something called coenzyme Q quite as efficiently. And the mitochondria become more and more dependent on having really pristine nutrition. Uh, And that nutrition requires uh, a lot of mineral availability, 
uh, a lot of antioxidant availability, a lot of B vitamin availability. Uh, and uh, it also, because the mitochondria, all these proteins that do the work of uh, processing the energy, are embedded in membranes, and membranes are uh, fat layers, uh, a two-layered fat membrane. And so it's very, very dependent on uh, eating high-quality fats that haven't been altered by uh, processing or hydrogenation uh, or heating unnecessarily. Uh, So... uh, the fat intake is really important. Uh, the vegetable intake is profoundly important. Uh, and having access to uh, plenty of minerals, uh, very important. Uh, and so much of the food that we eat is uh, highly processed food that uh, has fats that have been altered and damaged, so the fats can't be made into membranes very well. It has a lot of food-like chemicals that uh, interfere with the functioning of our cells and can confuse um, uh, some of the hormone receptors in our cells. Uh, And we have way too much sugar and white flour, which uh, really creates havoc with the uh, bacteria and yeast that live in our bowels. So when it comes to that, how can we minimize that? I heard you mention something about uh, the fats and unprocessed fats. So that means, uh, of course, that some there's healthy fats, of course, but some of the healthy fats that we are ingesting, like we're to say olive oil, coconut oil, that well, has been going through a process also, has it not? So what fats so, do we get that aren't processed? Um, food. So uh, nuts and seeds. I particularly like to have nuts and seeds that have been soaked overnight, rinsed, uh, and consumed. Uh, they'll have a lot of fats in all their cofactors, so they're very well absorbed by us. Olives, avocados would be great. Uh, Organ meat, a great source of essential fat and minerals, by the way. Um, If you're going to have uh, olive oil, uh, you don't want to have it cold, because if you heat olive oil, you damage the uh, double bonds and you'll make some trans fats. Uh, which are uh, very damaging. So you want to have the olive oil cold. Saturated fat that you'd see in coconut fat or in clarified butter uh, would be fine for cooking in. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, the other question I had when you were talking about, um, let me make sure we're clear on uh, the organs. When you talk about organ meats, are you talking about liver or what, what kind of organs so, are you Um, Any part of the animal that's not the muscle. So it would be the heart, uh, the tongue, uh, liver, kidneys, lungs. uh, 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 Chicken feet make a wonderful uh, broth. Um, Some uh, cultures uh, boil hooves uh, to make a lovely broth. Uh, The oxtail... Uh, makes a great soup. Uh, all of the bones make a very nice uh, bone broth. Uh, and there are all these nutrients in these all these other s- structures 
are nutrients that we use to make our own cellular structures. Uh, And our ancestors, uh, they ate the entire animal. uh, And about a third uh, of the animal's uh, carcass weight uh, falls in that organ meat category. Uh, So you could bet about a third of the protein that our traditional societies consumed would have been uh, from the organ meats. In your studies, have you found any significant correlations between uh, our lifestyles now and what seems to be an increase in the diagnosis of multiple sclerosis? So uh, that's really not, we don't need to look to my study for that. Uh, we can certainly look at the rate of uh, multiple sclerosis has been climbing steadily since it was first diagnosed in the mid-1800s. Uh, and it's uh, sharply upward uh, since World War II. The age of onset is much younger. Uh, We have children as young as five and six that are diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Uh, And, of course, getting at a young age uh, leads to many, many years of uh, quite profound physical and then ultimately mental disability uh, as a result. Um, Now, uh, and there are studies that uh, indicate uh, if you have more vegetables, you'll have less disability and you'll have uh, uh, certainly less obesity. You're more likely to be uh, walking uh, at 10 and 20 years of diagnosis the more vegetables that you have in the diet. Uh, and in our clinical trial, uh, the more completely people embraced all of the components of my protocol, uh, the more likely they were to have um, marked improvement in energy, marked improvement in mental clarity uh, and mood, uh, and more likely to see significant improvements in their uh, mobility and walking. What did you discover? I, I read that you at first were taking supplements, vitamins, and minerals, and supplements. Why did you decide to really investigate the idea of getting some of these through your food source? What did you discover? Why is that so important? Well, you know, what, what I think is uh, really interesting is, uh, you know, I hear a lot of folks uh, say the paleo diet uh, will heal almost anything. Mm-hmm. And I have to remind you when the paleo diet uh, was not enough to heal me, and I continued to decline despite that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they all want to know, what are those magic vitamins that I that I took? Um, and I have to remind everyone, when I was relying just on vitamins, I was still declining. It was when I took that list of vitamins and said, those are the nutrients that I, that I need. Uh, and if I figure out where they are in the food supply, I'll probably get hundreds, if not thousands, of other nutrients that are helpful to my brain that have yet to be identified or named. Uh, and so I reorganized and restructured uh, what would have been what would have looked like a great paleo diet into a paleo diet that is nutrient dense to the max. Uh, you know, and when you uh, we've had some uh, uh, authors, uh, Dr. Uh, Jason Calton uh, did a nutrition analysis, nutrient analysis of the menus of the paleo diet as described by Mark Sisson. Uh, in uh, Primal uh, Blueprint and Diane Sanfilippo in Practical Paleo. And they found that they were still missing about uh, 40% 
of the RDAs for various vitamins and minerals. Um, and so when we analyzed my diet, uh, I, I made some tweaks to the rules to be sure that we were exceeding the RDAs for all of the key nutrients. And when you look at, at our diet, we're exceeding the RDAs two to six, sometimes eight-fold because it is so nutrient-dense, because I have six to nine cups of vegetables, depending on your size and gender, and mm-hmm. sufficient meat, six to 12 ounces, so that uh, we have uh, nutrition to the max, which is probably why uh, people euthan uh, in our studies and euthan in our clinics. You know, that's really fascinating because um, by, you know, going through the experience that you went through, there are so many myths that you're dispelling, and, and that's why I think it's so important for people to get the word out. One of the things I heard you mention was clarified butter. And there's been so much about back in the day, back in the 60s and 70s, butter was bad for you and you should eat margarine. Now they're saying that margarine is bad for you and you should eat butter. You mentioned clarified butter. Could you explain to our audience what what clarified butter is? Sure. So uh, when butter uh, is heated, brought up to a boil, uh, and simmered then, uh, probably for about 20 minutes, the uh, protein in the butter uh, uh, precipitates uh, and leaves the butter. And if you pour that off, you filter it, you have only the fat. Now that's very important because for those of us who have a sensitivity to the protein in wheat, rye, barley, that this is known as gluten, we are likely to also be sensitive to the protein in dairy, which is known as casein. Uh, in fact, 80% of us will cross-react between the two. Uh, and I'm one of those folks so that if I have gluten, I get into horrific pain uh, about 48 hours later. And if I have uh, dairy, I get into horrific pain about 48 hours later. Uh, so in our studies and in my clinics, I have people uh, refrain from all dairy products except for clarified butter uh, and uh, from all grain products as well to avoid the gluten. And that is such important information because there's been a lot of information out there that's somewhat misleading in terms of what to do. If someone were to be diagnosed with um, MS, what would your advice be in terms of the first thing that they need to do in terms of their diet? Because it can sometimes seem overwhelming what to do uh, first. Well, I tell them to go to my website, pick up my mm-hmm. book, and begin reading. Uh, because the the most important thing you need to do is understand why to make these changes. Because uh, mm-hmm. when you're asking people to give up foods that uh, taste good, uh, are very inexpensive, readily available, everybody wants to feed that to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, most of us are addicted to that food. Uh, mm-hmm. You just can't begin to make the changes until you understand very deeply why to make the change. Yes, uh, and the, uh, so, the other thing I, I was wondering about too, Doctor, um, is there any consideration in terms of uh, our own body chemistries and how we might differ from one to the other in terms of what, what works for us versus somebody oh, sure. else? So we are absolutely all unique. We have unique DNA from mom and dad, and mm-hmm. we have a unique set of bacteria that we've accumulated over a lifetime uh, through the uh, foods that we've eaten, the antibiotics that we've taken that's killed off uh, perhaps some of our health-promoting bacteria, 
and cause sugar-promoting bacteria and yeast to perhaps overgrow. Uh, And so that mix of the gut bacteria, uh, the uh, DNA, and then the lifetime of toxic exposures, your lifetime history of physical activity, your social relationships, family relationships, Mm -hmm. all of that speaks to your DNA and helps shift some genes on, some genes off, and that changes how we do the chemistry of life. And our infection history will change which DNA is on and which genes are off, and that changes how we do the chemistry of life. So we have to so we all are unique. There are some commonalities in that uh, uh, science is showing that it would appear that nearly all autoimmunity begins with having developed a leaky gut and food sensitivities to some foods. Uh-huh. Now, the most common food sensitivity, at least in North America, is to gluten. The second most common to casein. third most common uh, is to eggs which is why I suggest people who have health challenges remove those three foods. And could you say those three foods again, just in terms of health challenges? What are the three foods you suggest? So, uh, that gluten, mm-hmm. casein, so that's grain and dairy, mm-hmm. and eggs, okay. uh, the protein in eggs. Okay, interesting. You know, um, I want everybody to know, first of all, uh, the name of the book that uh, Dr. Walls has written is called The Walls Protocol, How I Beat Progressive MS Using Paleo Principles and Functional Medicine. It is fascinating. And you can go to terrywalls.com and order the book. Uh, is the book also in um, uh, major bookstores? Or are there other oh, ways it's in, it's in major book? bookstores. It's on mm-hmm. Kindle. It's on uh, Nook. Uh, it's been translated to German, to Polish. Wow, wow. Um, and I think that's all we've got so far, German and Polish. And, of course, there's an audio book as well. That's fantastic. Uh, we're getting close to the time, but I wanted to ask you, what would be your key advice that you would want to give someone uh, who um, has so, been diagnosed? You know, I, I, well, yeah, so you want to get my book or the website. I would uh, take out sugar, take out white flour, and replace it with vegetables, non-starchy vegetables. Uh, start there. Uh, and that will be a very good start. Thank you so much. It's it's so important. Again, I want to make sure that everybody knows the name of Dr. Wall's book. It's The Wall's Protocol, How I Beat Progressive MS Using Paleo Principles and Functional Medicine at all major bookstores. You can also get it online at her site. I encourage you to go to her site because her story is there. Uh, the picture of her from 2007 and 2008 and the remarkable difference from sitting in a wheelchair to going on a bike ride just an amazing story that is encouraging and I want you all to go there and check it out. Dr. Wall, thank you so much for being on the wellness journey today and spending this time with us. It's so important. You're very welcome. That's such a fantastic interview. That was Dr. Terry Walls. Uh, the author of Walls Protocol, and you can order her book directly from the show page. If you click on Order the Walls Protocol, that will take you to her book, also her website. It has a lot of excellent information about autoimmune uh, diseases in general, uh, how to fortify our immune system, talks a lot about brain health. That is key when it comes to uh, 
um, multiple sclerosis and other kinds of chronic diseases. Uh, I think sometimes we take for granted uh, the importance of maintaining our brain health. And in that book, there's all kinds of information from a, a nutrition perspective and vitamins and supplements that we should be taking to make sure that we're taking good care of our brain. You know, we always think about you know our heart and our liver and our stomach and our body in general. But also taking care of our brain is key when it comes to the overall functioning of your body, especially when it comes to your overall wellness. One more thing I wanted to say also in terms of uh, detoxing and taking good care of your body in general. We're having a free webinar uh, in a couple of days. It's going to be uh, this Wednesday, uh, this Thursday, September 10th. For those of you who are listening in September of 2015, September 10th, click on the link there that says free webinar if you happen to be uh, on the show page and register for this great event that's going to be talking about the tips you need to know to de-stress and detox your mind-body-spirit connection, so we can all move into 2016 being a lot more healthier than we might be right now. Again, this is Lennis from Praise Works, uh, Health and Wellness, and also Wellness Woman 40 and Beyond e-magazine. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and I look forward to seeing you again next time. Thank you for joining us on the Wellness Journey Live with Lennis Woods Mullins. We hope you have enjoyed our show and look forward to the opportunity to share with you more information that will help you along your journey to total wellness for the mind, body, and spirit.